0: 1965 into early 1966 was considered the psychedelic springtime. Owsley acid hit the streets, and acid was not illegal yet until the next year. The seminal Red Dog Saloon opened in Nevada. That was like the first hippie environment. Family Dog started hosting shows in San Francisco. Ken Kesey's Merry Pranksters put on several small-scale acid tests in the Bay Area. And then there was the famous three-day one at the Fillmore, which Bill helped to produce. And then Bill had hosted his three wildly successful mime troupe benefits. So anyway, in San Francisco, there was a dance hall scene that became the scene, the major attraction was all of it. I mean, there was music, there were light shows, there was performance art, and there was the audience itself. And it was all just this glorious celebratory group. Um, Here's what Jerry Garcia said about Bill when he met him at the acid test. And there is this guy running around with a clipboard in the midst of total insanity. I mean, total wall-to-wall gonzo lunacy. Everybody in the place was high except Bill. (laughs) So with the success of his early shows behind him, Bill decided to throw his heart into producing concerts at the Fillmore. He was always driven to give everyone, patrons and bands alike, more than they expected. So it's no surprise that he embraced the posters wholeheartedly. The first artist to do posters for Bill was Wes Wilson. He was a partner at the printing shop that produced the MIME troupe appeal party flyers. So I'm sure that's how he met Bill. He also worked making posters for the family dog, but said he found more freedom when he was working with Bill. So Wes was inspired by late 19th century art movements such as Art Nouveau and the Viennese successionists, but he took the illustration and the lettering in a way not seen before. And I'm sure it drove Bill crazy that the text was hardly readable. But Wes convinced him that unreadability is what gave the posters intrigue. Besides that, everyone else was doing it. There, was, uh, there were also family dog posters that were equally amazing. Wes created 62 posters for Bill by the time he stopped in 1967. They're amazing. Bonnie McLean was Bill's girlfriend at the time. And she was helping him run the Fillmore. She was also innately talented. She honed her skills doing fanciful, up and coming show lists at a, on a big chalkboard at the top of the stairs at the Fillmore. So when Wes left, Bonnie took on making the posters. And then hers, hers was a very classic style, depicting seemingly royal subjects and precise lettering. She became Bill's wife and the mother of David Graham, and it's David Graham and his brother Alex who are the ones that have loaned just about everything to this exhibit. The music and poster scene in San Francisco had an immediate national impact with write-ups in Look, Time, Billboard magazines. Many of the posters had additional print runs and were sold at head shops and to poster dealers around the country to folks wanting to set up a little San Francisco scene in their homes. (laughs) So next we'll talk about Lee Conklin moved to San Francisco after seeing articles about Wes Wilson. He showed Bill his portfolio and was immediately given an assignment that weekend. Lee's mission in his art was to translate the psychedelic experience onto paper. So you can tell his posters are kind of droopy and drippy and very psychedelic. He made 31 posters between 68 and 69. Next, we have Alton Kelly and Stanley Mouse. They met they, in the migration, came to San Francisco. They met in San Francisco and collaborated on many posters for the Fillmore and for the family dog. Kelly liked coming up with found images like the Zigzag Man, for example, that were kind of irreverent and humorous, and then Mouse would encase in beautiful lettering. And then around the corner in the exhibit is their beloved Blue Rose Grateful Dead poster, so that's very famous. Stanley Mouse has also had a remarkable solo career. He's, he's still doing work, but he's created many iconic posters and album covers and band logos for the Grateful Dead, for Journey. Santana, and innumerable other bands. Next up came Rick Griffin. And Rick Griffin grew up in Southern California. He was a surfer. And he also loved doing airbrush on motorcycles. He became a staff artist for Surfer Magazine and even developed a famous character in Surfer Magazine called Murphy. He made only eight posters, but quite the eight. The Jimi Hendrix flying eyeball is arguably the most famous Fillmore poster of all. In March 1968, Bill opened the Fillmore East in New York City and was on the lookout for someone to do art for that venue. David Bird had an MFA from Carnegie Mellon in Pittsburgh. When Bill first saw his work, he commented, I like these. I can read them. <laughs> David went on to make posters and handbills for the shows in New York. He said he felt like he was flying blind in relation to what was going on in San Francisco. Regardless, he created masterful work, such as this Hendrix poster. And then on that wall over there, when The Who produced their rock opera, Tommy, that's a David Bird as well. And I can't stress enough the importance of the relationship between the printers and the artists. Take a gander at David Byrd's overlay of his Hendrix poster. Artists drew their art, you know, black and white, pen and ink, and then they would add a tissue overlay specifying the colors. The printers would then make acetate overlays to coincide with these specifications, and they'd drop in the colors and screens and so forth. It was amazing, like, what true collaborators they were. And I know that poster artists would take their posters to the printer and then, you know, to discuss it, if not watch it from the beginning to end. In San Francisco, most of the posters were printed at T. Trek Litho, which was owned by Levon Moskofian. The posters were printed on large sheets of paper that included matching handbills and even tickets for the show. Two more poster artists I want to mention, David Singer and Randy Tutin. Singer made 66 posters between 69 and 71. He told me that he was lucky enough to have a meeting with Bill to show his portfolio of collage art. Bill set them up around his office and studied them for a long time, and then assigned the next 12 Fillmore West posters to Singer. David's style was very clean, and I'm sure Bill was thrilled to finally have relatively readable type. And then David also made, There's a, the closing week of Fillmore West is David Singer's poster over there on that wall, which is quite wonderful. Randy Tootin made posters for Bill in the 1970s and 1980s. He told me he always dealt with Bill directly and that Bill was generous in letting him do as he pleased. Randy's Led Zeppelin poster featuring the large avocado is well known for its charm and its whimsy. Actually, he said he wanted to do a whole series of vegetable posters, but Bill, (laughs) Bill put the kibosh on that. Randy also worked for years hand lettering newspaper ads that if some of you were around then, I'm sure you saw them. Oh, and there are two additional Fillmore posters that I brought thanks to D. King Gallery. Loan them to me. This one by Stanley Mouse. Bill told me one time at the Fillmore was his favorite poster. (laughs) Now what's recognizable about this poster? (laughs) And then this is my favorite poster. So a lot of the posters were up on our office, in in our office on uh, Fifth Street. And then I don't know, every day I was drawn to this poster. That's Wes Wilson. I just love this. I don't know, it's so religious to me. There were artists that I haven't mentioned. There were almost 300 posters in the BG series, created from 1965 to 1971, when Bill closed the Fillmore's but posters never did stop at BGP. There were large commemorative posters for special shows, such as The Last Waltz or Rolling Stones, Grateful Dead, Garcia on Broadway, and like Randy Tootin, I made newspaper ads for BGP before coming on as art director in 1985. Posters continued throughout my tenure at BGP. We made almost 300 posters in a new BGP series That was every venue other than the Fillmore. And since the Fillmore reopened in 1988, there has been a steady stream of new F-Series Fillmore posters, except for the years 89 to 94, when the Fillmore was closed for renovations after the Loma Prieta earthquake. We have surpassed 1,400 posters in this new F-Series. Unlike the early posters, they are not used to advertise upcoming shows, but are commemoratives only. The special feature about them is that they're given out to patrons as they exit the building. We've worked with many poster artists over the years, and there is a steady number of folks who want to work on them. Making a Fillmore poster appears to be on a lot of people's bucket list. (laughs) There is an integral group of people who are involved with every poster. Michael Bailey books the shows at the Fillmore and initiates the posters, which shows get posters. I assign the posters and shepherd them through the entire process. Poster artists make their wonderful art, but still important are the printer, and then there's a new VIP in this chain, the flight check person, who's the person who makes that certain that the final files are constructed properly for offset printing. These days, all art sent to the printer are digital. Whether initially they're hand-drawn or not, they're they're scanned, they're turned into a digital file that becomes a printing plate. All of our 13 by 19 posters have been printed by Bob Cook's great impressions. And if Bob is here, he should be in a Hawaiian shirt if he is. And through hell and high water, we have never missed a deadline. Keith Bjorkman at Zebra Graphics oversees flight check, and he's the last round of proofreading. For everyone involved, the posters are a labor of love. Fillmore posters still say Bill Graham presents in San Francisco at the top, as they have since the beginning, though the owner of the company is now Live Nation. I have a few posters to show you from the last 30 years, and what our posters really offer is variety. So, Bill's Father Time robe is on display in the exhibit, and after twenty or so years of being father time with the Grateful Dead, we decided to commemorate it onto that year's Grateful Dead New Year's Eve poster. So we did the photo shoot in the back of the office, probably November ish, and then constructed the poster around that. This is eighty-nine ninety. And then ninety ninety one we did it again. And sadly this turned out to be Bill's last New Year's. His entrance into the show at where was it? The Oakland Coliseum, was as a jungle king that year. So anyway, once again, we dressed him up in the office and photographed it, and he was, he was like roiling with impatience. (laughs) It's like, get it over with. I did a number of posters back in the day, and this is my favorite that I did, and it was, before Prince became the symbol, but the symbol was out there. And and I cut it out of foam core, and I gold leafed it, and I bejeweled it, and we photographed it on puffy fabric. And then the original, this was also BGP, that we would do these really elaborate dressing rooms. But anyway, we framed the original in this giant gilded frame. And we left it in Prince's dressing room, and it had a plaque on the bottom, you know, from Bill Graham Presents. And on that one, I had a mirror instead of this printed eyeball. And it was such a thrill, he took it with him on, well, I'm on the bus, I don't know. Uh, this is, now we put the year on it. This is 93. This, I have to give a shout out to my friend Frank Wiedemann that I've had my own business now for 12 years called Big Picture Design, and I do a lot of, well, still the posters, but other projects. Hardly strictly bluegrass. I feel like home, Warren's upstairs. The main person I work with the most is this guy, Frank Wiedemann, who's an amazing artist and like, can do all different types of art. But anyway, here's his Bjork poster. And that flower was in his backyard. He loves to shoot pictures of the flowers in his backyard. And then quickly, uh, this is Rex Ray's poster that he did for David Bowie. And Rex was a phenomenal artist, and we lost him last year. It's a huge tragedy. He did over 80 posters for us in, like, the tw- I don't know, 20 years that we were working together. But anyway, he loved David Bowie. And then Rex worked at City Lights Bookstore designing their book covers. And he knew that Bowie loved, every time Bowie's in town, he goes to City Lights to shop for books. And so Rex said he stalked him. (laughs) But he finally met him, and he went up to Bowie, and he said, I did this poster for you at the Warfield. And Bowie goes, oh, and they struck up this friendship. And then Rex ended up doing a lot of work for Bowie and all these portraits of Bowie that they were collaboratively selling on Bowie's website, et cetera. And he did CD packaging for him, which I can't remember if it won a Grammy or not. I was trying to figure that out. But anyway, God bless Rex Ray. And just so you think we haven't gone so far from the field, I'm going to show you. So when in doubt, we revert to Fillmore style posters. So here's a Randy Tootin that he did for Johnny Cash years ago at the Fillmore, which is really beloved. And then look at this one. This is Alan Forbes. And this was a poster we did for B.B. King. The one was that? This is, see, now we put the ear on them. When am I, th- oh, 2007. I want to acknowledge all the artists whose work I did not include in my little stack. Got a couple poster artists here. Every poster conjures up a musical moment in time for the folks who were there or for the folks who wish that they were. (laughs) And these babies, these are hot off the press. The Skirball Center in LA and the Bill Graham Memorial Foundation have reproduced, well, we made these posters to commemorate this show. And they're made by familiar faces. I I talked to the artists. I also trafficked these from start to finish. Here we have our David Singer. And then we have our Randy Tootin. And then, the, but the Skirball, they, they just wanted this. They were they, He would do a million things, and then they just kept going back to, why, not, why, why doesn't it look like the avocado poster? So we ended up doing the avocado poster, but with an apple. And then this one is just a beloved uh, illustration by Bonnie Graham, David's mother. And they're for sale in the gift shop. In closing, well, I just want to say that this exhibit is so exceptional in that people bring their own experiences to it, and you know whether it's the times or the art or the music, and, and it's just so rich. Uh, it, it's just really great. And I know Bill would say a big cheers. <laughs> Thank you.